Hey everyone, welcome to the For the Win podcast. I'm Hemel Javeri. Joining me as always on Fridays is Stephen Ruiz and Evan Thorpe. What's up, guys? Hey. Hey, how's it going? Good. Uh, I want to kick off the podcast on a little bit of a somber note this week. If you are a longtime reader of uh, For the Win, you probably have seen the byline of Chris Chase uh, on our site. Chase wrote a lot of really great articles for us. He was a well-respected journalist and NFL columnist. Unfortunately, Chris passed away earlier this week. We are incredibly saddened at For the Win. We loved him very much. He was a wonderful, wonderful guy, um, and we're all going to miss him very much. There are a lot of great things that he wrote, and probably one of my favorites from a long time ago is a post that he actually wrote for Yahoo uh, where he talked about Chinese Olympians and their age. It kind of set the internet on fire, but he was one of the first people that did not shy away from controversial topics and really leaned into whatever it was that he felt and he believed. Um, he was an incredible voice, incredibly passionate, incredibly smart, and we're all going to miss him quite a bit. Um, and our thoughts are with his family, his wife, and his daughter Anna so a little bit of sad news today um if you if you have any Chris Chase articles that you really like uh, let us know at for the win you can tweet us we would love to hear that uh, so another thing that Chase was really into uh football he loved the Redskins and I I kind of do want to start off talking about the Redskins because they've had a heck of a week right Stephen yeah our two weeks actually last week they signed Ruben Foster and this week they kind of went the other way and decided not to sign Colin Kaepernick even though they've had two chances to sign him and it would have made a lot of sense for them to sign him both times yeah I don't I don't really know even when to start we talked about Foster last week and uh, I just I joked kind of that it feels like it's domestic violence week in the NFL um, because there's a lot of stuff that happened right after we talked about Foster. Kareem Hunt, yes. Uh, that all happened with the Chiefs, uh, um, and they didn't waste any time in cutting him, but that was because uh, there was video. And they have a player on their team that committed, I would say, a more violent act. That they still have. Kareem Hunt that they drafted af- 15 months after he did after he. And, this, and he's admitted to it after he choked his girlfriend, pregnant girlfriend, and then punched her in the stomach. Yeah. So, so like, which is awful. I, geez, the, just even talking about it mm-hmm. is upsetting. Um, the Kareem Hunt on a, on a couple of different levels. We're going to talk about Colin Kaepernick and the Redskins in a little bit, but let's just stick with Kareem Hunt for, for now. That situation, the way it all went down, is problematic and In a lot of different ways, because he admitted to what he had done, told the team about it, and the team decided to to back the player. But it all came out that uh, the NFL apparently hadn't even asked for the videotape or really investigated the situation. Yeah, and I think, you know, the NFL, they don't do things until it's a big problem on Twitter and they're getting called out for it. And the fact that this happened in February and they kind of just went like, okay, well, Nobody knows about this. We can just sweep this under the rug. And what, almost 10 months later, nine, 10 months later, the video comes out. And it's one of the things like, you really didn't look into this. And like, now you're going to do something when it's too late. Yeah. And that's always the case with the NFL. It's like, oh, now you're trying to do something when it's too late. Yeah. And I think there's like parallels to the Ray Rice situation because I think it was kind of the, I think the same length and time between when 
the incident happened and when the video came out. And at that time, Ray Rice got a two-game suspension when people realized what he had done. But then when the video came out, then they decided to act. And that's kind of the same thing we're dealing with here. Right. It isn't even so much. And I think you made this point to last time or in an article you wrote. I honestly can't remember. Um, but it isn't even about domestic violence in the NFL. It's about the NFL's response to these allegations mm-hmm. because it all seems motivated by what the PR fallout is versus having any kind of consistent policy on what they're supposed to be doing. Yeah, that's what I wrote. I said the NFL needs to stop treating domestic violence cases. And Kareem Hunt's case wasn't a domestic violence case because he didn't know the woman. It was just a, it was an assault. act of violence. Yeah. yeah. But they need to stop treating them like PR cases because that's not what they are it's not a pr issue it's a issue of violence against women right so that's been that has been frustrating i think that kareem hunt kind of uh, was the tail end of last week uh, and as of now he is no longer with uh, the chiefs and no nfl team has picked him up yeah no team picked him up and we saw foster get picked up and the like we said the difference is no video right all right moving on to the colin kaepernick situation I know. <laughs> uh, Evan's just shaking his head. I just think that, like, if you're Washington and you just had this Reuben Foster thing, bring in Cap at this point. Like, it's not a, it, it's not going to be a bad look on a team as signing somebody who just got kicked off a team for domestic abuse. But, like, it's no reason not to sign this guy right now. Yeah, and you said that last week, too. You said that it was surprising that they were willing to take a chance on somebody accused of domestic violence, but not somebody who is accused of peacefully protesting. Like, I have no idea. <laughs> like, it's no problem. It, uh, Kaepernick committed no crimes. He's yeah. just stating his opinion. Yeah. And the fact that they don't like his opinion, he's not in the NFL right now. Yeah. Uh, there's a couple of things that Stephen actually wrote. You have... The way the story unfolded, the Redskins were asked whether or not they would sign Kaepernick. And what was Jay Gruden's first initial response? He was saying maybe if this was the beginning of the season, we could bring him in and like adjust our offense to fit his skill set. Then maybe we, w- we would do it. But now, since it's almost the end of the season, we wouldn't be able to adjust our offense for him in time, which I pointed out was complete nonsense because Colin Kaepernick has been running this offense which is called the West Coast Offense. He's been running it his whole NFL career. Yeah, and you basically thoroughly debunked what uh, what Gruden is saying, that that's not true at all. Yeah, we have Jay Gruden's brother, John Gruden. They run the same offense. They've been on the same coaching staff before. We have uh, John Gruden saying Jim Harbaugh's offense, which that's the coach Colin Kaepernick played for with the 49ers. His offense is very similar to mine. Mm-hmm. So we have him saying that, and then we have – Another Harbaugh, John Harbaugh, saying that Jay and John basically run the same offense. So it's the same offense. There's no excuse he can make. Colin Kaepernick has been running this offense for six years, I think, now. Right. And it's just a transparent reason to get out of saying we just don't want to sign Kaepernick. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. There's There does not seem to be any reasonable, um, any reasonable reason that mm-hmm. you wouldn't want Cap on your team. And you look at who they signed, Josh Johnson. Like, I mean, when the last time he was on a team? And he's also someone that came up under Jim Harbaugh. So and he's, he was compared like... to like a, a poor man's Kaepernick at one point. So you went out and got a guy who's not as good as the guy who people expected you or wanted you to get. Yeah. And He has the same skill set, too. Same skill set, skill, uh, skill set, but not as good. And 
it's just obvious at this point. Just say you don't want them. Don't make the excuse. Right. And it feels like this is, I don't want to say it's a multiple PR disaster because the Redskins have just weighed what fans are willing to accept. If fans were willing to accept somebody kneeling during the national anthem, taking a knee during the national anthem, they would have signed him right away, mm-hmm. right? The To me, the truly disturbing portion of this is because the NFL is a business. They're just going on what makes money, what's going to put fans in the seats. And they said domestic violence, people can hand wave that. But taking a knee during the anthem is is something people won't stand for. Yeah, I don't even know how you reconcile those two moves because you're upsetting your fan base by signing Reuben Foster and then you're trying not to upset your fan base by not signing Kaepernick. The Redskins are just one, like the whole franchise is just one big PR disaster. Their whole history is a PR disaster. I was going to ask if they're the worst team in the NFL right now. By far, I think they're the worst team ever based (laughs) on their history of racism. Not even just the team name. The team name is obviously racist, but... They won't change that. The last team to sign a black player, they were and they were forced to sign a black player. Or, uh, the government threatened to take their stadium lease away if they didn't. Mm-hmm. So they did it reluctantly. And then the cheerleader things that, that happened, I think, earlier this year. That's oh, when yeah. the story came we out. We didn't even talk about the cheerleaders. I forgot about that. Uh, Just <laughs> terrible all around. And I think was the craziest part is they're the they're the team recognized as having the first black quarterback to win a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. So it was like. All this bad stuff behind them, but they can go to their grave saying, well, we had the first black quarterback to win the Super Bowl. And now they're tarnishing his legacy by making him the the <laughs> face of the Reuben Foster <laughs> signing, by making him go explain it. And he obviously isn't capable of doing that, but, nor should he be. He's a football exec. He's not a PR person. No, he's a football exec, and he's not a PR person. And I just don't understand how, at this point, that every major sports league has just not had people take courses on how to talk about these issues. Just, like, put it in your three-week intro to whatever because you're going to need it. No, and they don't care. That's true. And I think Williams, like, released a statement that, like, it wasn't even – he didn't even have to say it. They could have had someone write it for him, which they probably did. It was just just not satisfactory. Man, I just think about how I could just be a consultant and I would just make so (laughs) much money. (laughs) Let me tell you. you. (laughs) I know. Let me tell you what to say so that you don't make people even angrier than they already are. Here's my question. Would Colin Kaepernick even play for the Redskins if they offered him a deal because of the team name and their history? That's a great point, but I don't think he could get away with saying, like, no, I don't want to play for this team. I think he would. I think it's a lose-lose for him. Yeah, because if he doesn't, then people are going to be like, see, he doesn't even want to play for a team that offers him a chance, and then if he does, it's like – oh, you're going to sell out against a team that's clearly racist and against everything you stand for? Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's a lose-lose for him. But but that's probably why he hasn't really – well, he doesn't speak up a lot, but he hasn't really tweeted out any of the – a lot of people have, like, come out in support of him and saying the Redskins should sign him, and he hasn't really co-signed those tweets yet. Eric Reed was a fan of your article. Yeah, I know. Did, you get, any, did you get any mentions? A lot. Most of them positive, which I was kind of surprised by. I'm That's good. Used to when I write about Kaepernick and it kind of blows up. I'm used to getting, you know, egg avatars yelling at me, telling me all these things why Kaepernick's not in the league. Which Russian know. bots. Yeah, the the bots were out last night. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie. So, do you think the Redskins are just throwing their season because they obviously don't care if they're not going to get a quarterback who's able to win games? Because I don't think Sanchez is the answer, nor is Josh. What's his last name? Johnson. Yeah, jo- yeah, 
they are. They're one game out from the playoffs right now, and they're not signing the player that gives them the best chance to win. So I guess they don't care. They'd rather appease their a certain group of a certain part of their fans than win games. And you're one game away. Like even though they just lost, the NFC East is still open as far as like teams, the three teams competing in it. So just to show your fans, like, yeah, we're not going to try to compete because we don't want this player on our team. Well, we should point out that Redskins owner Dan Snyder donated a million dollars to Trump's campaign, mm-hmm. and Trump is obviously against player protests. Mm-hmm. And it was reported by ESPN that at an owner's meeting, he mm-hmm. said 96% of NFL fans are for standing, which, first of all, is totally off-base stat. That's not true. Are those phone interviews he's he's done to <laughs> figure out? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so, But he thinks that, and that's perception is reality And when, he, when he's the owner. Well, and that's what it all boils down to, right? I, I don't even think this is about principles. It's just about bottom line. And the mm-hmm. bottom line is domestic violence is easy to overlook. Something that people are unbelievably skeptical about. And, uh, you know, they don't want to see Kaepernick take a knee. And they definitely don't want to see Kaepernick take a knee wearing a Redskins jersey. And that's what they're going off of. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. Okay, moving on. What do we have in our social media post of the week? Uh, I'll, I'll take this one. <laughs> we usually like champion woke tweets, but PETA, yeah. PETA went a little too far and decided that a couple of fra- common phrases that, you know, mentioned animals in, a, I guess, a negative light yeah. were a little too offensive and they offered some suggestions. One, I will start to say that PETA often goes a little too far. Yeah. That's kind of their MO is that they are constantly over the line. What's the breakdown of what they suggested? Evan, do you have that in front of you? I have it right here. Can you you read it out loud? (laughs) Because it's got some, it's got like the buzziest of buzzy woke words. Words matter and our understanding of social justice evolves. Our language evolves along with it. Here, here's how to remove speciesisms from your daily conversations. So first of all, they called it speciesism. That caught me off guard. I was like, "What is speciesism?" <laughs> so it's like racism, ableism. <laughs> this is just ridiculous. So instead of saying two bird, kill two birds with one stone," say "feed two birds with one scone." How do you guys feel about that? I'm not. <laughs> I would never say that. <laughs> First of all, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't even know what a scone is. You don't know what a scone is? I think I do. Is. I think I do. You know I, what a scone is. I know, but I'm just, just go with me here. Okay. So instead of saying. <laughs> say it. Instead of saying, beat a dead horse, say, feed a fed horse. I'm not saying that. Okay. Instead of, be the guinea pig, say, be the test tube. That's anti-test tubes. Yeah, what? <laughs> these, none of these make sense. So instead of saying bring home the bacon, say bring home the bagels. <laughs> and last, instead of saying take the bull by the horns, take the flower by the thorns. Oh, my God. Now, I, I can say, i probably say two of these. The killer birds, two birds with one stone and don't be the dead horse. But, like, I'm not saying feed a fed horse. Okay, first of all, PETA is... Peter's crazy, right? I am a vegetarian. I've been a vegetarian my entire life. So I'm full on into not eating animals. And even as somebody who is firmly on the side of 
you should not eat animals. I think that PETA is absolutely crazy. And they've probably done more to drive people away Mm -hmm. from like animal rights than they have to actually like help their cause just because they tend to be they're so freaking polarizing. And that tweet is uh, um, I think is a prime example. And animals don't understand English. (laughs) They don't know we're saying these things. But like. It's a phrase. And when I say when I say uh, uh, kill two birds with one stone, after I say that, I'm not thinking, you know what? I'm, I can go for some chicken after this. <laughs> Let me find a stone real quick. Let me go outside and just kill two birds. I'm against cliches. Like if they had yeah. said these are terrible cliches that we need to stop using, I would have been fully behind that. If someone is using those phrases like all the time, just weed them out of your life. I think the one that I overuse the most is beat a dead horse. I think that's the one I lean on probably a little too what's often. Like, Never in writing, but just in speaking. Yeah, but what's like an alternative to it? And not that. Not feed a fed horse. <laughs> feed a fed horse. You know what I think would be a good alternative? Oh, this is a great idea. To beat a dead horse is that Simpsons gif. Have you seen that episode of The Simpsons where uh, yeah. that kid is just like, he's already dead. Yeah, stop. He's already dead. <laughs> stop. I, that's the only thing I can think of that compares. I can't wait till like 2054 when, when we can use gifs in conversations. Yeah. <laughs> we already are. You could, you could just I like. Verbal conversation. You can just like oh, hyperimpose your thought of a gift just into somebody else's mind. I'm sending you one now. <laughs> Shout out to my man, uh, Aaron Rodgers. He gets a new boss or a new coach. All right. So one question I want to ask, is the Aaron Rodgers, Mike McCarthy, a beef of the week? So this one's hard because both of the people are are saying in public that there's no tension there. But, I mean, it's hard to say that there isn't because we've seen Aaron Rodgers kind of like subtly – criticized the Packers offense in the past I wrote a post about it where he was saying well the game plan just wasn't good enough this week and Mike McCarthy's the guy in charge of the game plan so if you're criticizing him about that I mean there's got to be some tension how long sorry I'm sorry to cut you off how long have they played together 12 years 12 years right 12 13 I think what were you gonna say that he stopped listening to him some of the play calls so I mean but that can be taken that like Aaron Rodgers is MVP. He's a great player. Maybe he just feels like it's not the right play because LeBron does the same thing to his coach. But I think it shows that he doesn't fully respect him. I, I feel like anytime you don't do what your boss is telling you to do, it's disrespectful. Yeah, and you could still like have a good personal relationship with someone, but there's still some tension there like professionally. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think it's still – I think – in terms of football, it's definitely a beef. Maybe person personal? No. But Aaron Rodgers is not going to come out and just, like, shun him. He's going to say, like, oh, he was a great guy, had a close relationship. He's, he him. doesn't talk to his family anymore. I think Aaron Rodgers is not afraid of confrontation. <laughs> but I don't think he's going to come out and say that about a guy who just fired. You don't beat a dead horse. <laughs> <laughs> so I would file their relationship under it's complicated, right? Because if you've known somebody for that long – and they've been your coach, and you've worked with them for that long, there is no way that there have not been moments of tension, especially when you're losing. When when you're winning and everything is fine, it's not a big deal at all. But when you're losing, everyone's blaming you, you're supposed to have a great year, people, I don't want to say people start looking for where to point fingers in terms of who to blame, but 
there has to be tension. There has to be tension where you can't figure out what's happening in this relationship. I think it just puts like this is just going to put more pressure on Aaron Rodgers next year because if he gets a new coach and he doesn't produce and then it's going to be was it all Mike McCarthy's fault? Mm. Because right now that's the person they're pointing at. But if Aaron Rodgers doesn't have a good year next year, fingers are going to start pointing towards him. Yeah, there's definitely more pressure on him now. And just going back, the reason why I think there was tension, Aaron Rodgers has never shied away from, like, criticizing them making coaching moves. Like, they fired his, I think, quarterback's coach in the offseason, and he, he, in a press conference, he was, like, uh, really mad about it. But he hasn't been mad about this Mike McCarthy firing since. He hasn't really come out and criticized the team for it. Uh, you know, maybe it was maybe they everyone needed a little bit of space. <laughs> I wonder like what he did that next not even that next day, that night once he got home, like, hey Danica, they finally fired. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I can take over now for these last what five, four weeks. And then they ate like potpourri. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for hanging out with us. I'm actually gonna end the show today with a few bars from one of Chase's favorite songs. It's called Mississippi by Bob Dylan. Thank you guys for listening and we'll see you next week. I'm standing in the shadows with an aching heart. I'm looking at the world tear itself apart. Minutes turn to hours Turned to days I'm still loving you In a million ways Well the devil's in the alley There's a mule kicking in my stall